0: Before the episode begins, I just want to throw a quick disclaimer saying that we recorded this episode on June 15th at around 3.30, 4 o'clock, literally 30 minutes after we stopped recording. All this that came out with Rob Manfred saying baseball is not going to happen this season, you know, whatever nonsense he's talking, all that came out after we finished recording. If you want to hear our thoughts on that, Olivia recorded an awesome YouTube video It was uploaded to Cream City Central's YouTube. It was uploaded to Cream City Central's Twitter as well as the Bernie's Bums Twitter. So if you want to see what we think about Rob Manfred and this whole situation with the Major League Baseball and the Players Association, go check that out.
1: Hello everybody and welcome back to another episode of Bernie's Bums brought to you by Cream City Central. I'm your host Olivia and with me we got Ryan. Ryan, how's it going over there?
0: I'm doing great. This is probably the most excited I've been for an episode in a long time because we actually have some real new brewers news to talk about.
1: I thought you were going to say like there's actually like interesting topics to talk about and I was about to be very offended there for a second, but we're all good.
0: Well, I mean that too, but we've been getting interviews, we've been trying to keep it new.
1: I've uh, been trying only... to get content. You know, I'm the one I'm the one putting these together, so Barry. <laughs>
0: I know. I know, no, bear with you. I mean I can only talk about the MLBPA so much.
1: Oh, I could go on for hours.
0: Yeah, no, nobody wants to listen to that.
1: I mean, I'm sure there's a market. <laughs> <laughs> there's a market for everything, man. Anyway. Well, getting into, you know, the talk that we've had for the last, I don't even know how many weeks now. So from the sounds of it, we will have baseball. However, it is such like, it's a, it's like, it's a good thing, but it's also sandwiched between like the worst situation ever. So it doesn't even seem like it's that good of a thing, if that makes sense.
0: Well, basically, it just looks like both sides aren't happy, and they're just gonna put on a product and be like, "Here you go, here's the."
1: Well, yeah, yeah, and like, I mean, I don't, I don't disagree with the players being like, we don't really want to go back and forth, so like, just tell us when and where you want us to be at what time, and like, we'll play. Like, I don't blame them for doing that.
0: It's almost like they're taking the high road.
1: Yeah, and. So from the looks of it I think by the end of today we're recording on Monday right now and from the sounds of it by the end of the day they're supposed to come out with either a counter proposal which really wouldn't be a counter proposal because the players never really countered or they're going to come out with the mandated season which is what's most likely to happen and that should be full prorated.
0: Yeah, which that's fair. That's what the players wanted, right? get paid for the it, amount of games that they're playing
1: and that like it just it sounds so logical where i don't even understand like this whole percentage thing that they've been throwing out where it like always equated to 33 percent was a big slap in the face
0: no rob manfred anytime just an idiot sometimes i don't understand this man is literally driving baseball away from casual fans
1: like he's an absolute idiot like, I'm calling it now. Like, I cannot stand, like, I'm sure there's some valid reason of why the owners voted him in, but, but man, he's got to leave. <laughs>
0: I bet you at this moment, Roger Goodell has a higher approval rating than Rob Manfred.
1: At this moment? Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. There's no But, question. but people... Everybody's so pissed right now.
0: Yeah, And they, everybody still hates Roger Goodell, but which one do they hate more?
1: I mean, if you're looking at fans of, like, baseball and football, I hate Manfred over Goodell right now.
0: And the thing is, Manfred has no idea how to market the game.
1: Oh, I that, mean, like, people that outside, frustrates me.
0: People outside of Brewer fans or even Marlins fans probably don't even know who Christian Elge is or he's not a household name like he should be. He's a fun. <laughs>
1: Marlins fans don't even know who the hell he is.
0: Yeah, but the problem is, like, he's a fun guy. He's pretty outspoken. He's funny. He's a great player. And that's the guy. Like, build your, you know, build your game around these guys, and they just don't.
1: Yeah, it's so stupid. Like, I think it was February, New York Times came out with an article with it. I think it was New York Times with Christian Yelich, where he basically said, like, I'm not usually one to go out and, like, do a bunch of interviews and, like, be the face of the game. But if it's what's going to grow the game, then – like, give me a call and I'll do it. Like, he's, like, pretty open considering that he's kind of a reserved guy in general. But he basically said, like, I'll do it if it means that they, it's better for the game of baseball, which I have mad respect for.
0: But right now, baseball has so many young superstars. So many. And this is the time to grow the game. Francisco
1: like, Lindor. He, the dude's a character. Like, market him.
0: Incredibly good. I mean, this guy is one of the best shortstops, you know, both ways that I've ever seen in my lifetime. Um, yeah. What's his name? Ronald Acuna. He's like oh, 21, my God. 22. 40-40 player. And nobody even knows that he was close to 40-40 last season. No. But th- these are the things. And not, that even, yeah.
1: and not even your casual baseball fans even know that much. And that's what's sad. Like, I think somebody made, I think it was Trevor Bauer, I think, made the Similarities were like you and Trevor Bauer. I watch a lot of his videos. Go check out his YouTube channel. I'm like actually being serious. He talks a lot about this stuff. That's how I know so much.
0: Did you see what he said after the 30 for 30 yesterday?
1: Uh, maybe I don't know. I can't remember. My mind's kind of a blur.
0: Just a tweet saying Barry Bond should be in the Hall of Fame.
1: Oh, yeah, 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 that one. Yeah, we'll talk about that one later. Oh, that's. That's okay. in a different segment. Come on.
0: Sorry. I didn't, know, line. I didn't know we had to follow the outline exactly.
1: Well, I mean, it just makes sense of how I have it written <laughs> out. I'm just saying. Like,
0: Fair enough. It's, it,
1: it seems logical of how it's laid out. Anyway, getting back to my point, he made a point of saying, like, if Steph Curry makes some awesome jump shot or has this incredible pass or whatever dunk or anything, you know, it's trending in Twitter in, like, 0.2 seconds. And then Mike Trout hits a 450 foot bomb, and every nobody knows about it, and you have to go scour the internet to even find the highlight video of it.
0: Oh well, yeah, that's the thing. Like the NBA, I think they're the best at marketing the oh sport.
1: Gosh, but their commissioner, what is it, Adam Silver? Like he is he, the best commissioner in pro sports.
0: You'll get blown up your Twitter feed, your Facebook feed will get blown up over certain highlights that aren't even that impressive, but it's from a big so name. So true. You know what I mean? Like, you'll get, like, a dunk from Giannis that you see every game, and it's like –
1: I've seen that.
0: (laughs) They're marketing it, like, crazy, and it works.
1: Yeah, they're so smart. I'm jealous.
0: People love the videos of, like, a Billy Hamilton or Fernando Tatis, like, you know, scoring from second base on an almost barely out of the infield sacrifice fly, and you can barely see those videos.
1: Yeah, and, like, another thing about baseball, too, is, like, I feel like we're finally starting to grow to this stereotype from like a player's perspective, that they're not just like these boring people. Like there are genuinely like really, really funny guys. Like Ronald Acuna. Yep. I butchered his name.
0: <laughs> like Ronald Acuna Jr.
1: <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like these people, like they have personalities and they're so marketable, especially to the young generation and Rob Manfred is like swiping left on Twitter, Tinder, like nobody's business on it. Well,
0: even guys bad. like Bryce Harper, or Yasiel Pui, guys that have like, they're very polarizing players, you know, whether you love them or hate them. But those are some of those guys that you need in the public eye. And, you know, we knew who Yasiel Pui was maybe five years ago, but now they don't market him anymore. Bryce Harper, same with him. Like, he's a really fun guy to listen to, whether you like him or not, like I said, but... I just could could I ask like my mom who doesn't watch sports does she know who Bryce Harper is no
1: <laughs> yeah it, it's oh shoot what was I gonna say I had oh that's what I was gonna say and even the players <laughs> recognize it sorry I'm a disaster today this might be awful for me but you know the players even in some of these contracts that they were going for like prorated salary they were even like putting stuff in for the owners to make extra money, such as, like, mic'd-up moments and, you know, having in dugout interviews because those don't happen often unless you're on national TV. Like, they put stuff in to be able to market the game and for the owners to make more money since they were, like, since they wanted a prorated salary. And, like, the players want it. Like, they, like, they all talk about how much they like being mic'd up and stuff. It's just, oh.
0: I think – the, the thing that hurts the casual fans or even like new fans joining baseball is the stereotype that the games take forever. The MLB Ugh. needs to do something that, because I think I saw a statistic once that like an NFL broadcast for a whole game is actually longer than a whole MLB game.
1: Yeah, but it doesn't feel like it just based right? off, I mean, football, the, there's like action every four seconds.
0: Yeah, that's the difference. But
1: I mean, unless you're a Packer fan and watch Aaron Rodgers sit and chat um before they anyway it's tough a different I, story for a different time
0: i am a big believer in mlb needs to speed up their games i think that's what draws people in and are you a need... fan
1: of the pitch clock do you want the pitch clock
0: i'm not i don't know i just like i'm a bigger fan of just pictures that work fast i don't know if it's like a pitch clock. Oh, okay maybe but nobody enforces that and that's the thing like, I think the one I'm, thing I'm a bigger fan of like every time a, a batter takes a pitch, they step out, they readjust their gloves. Like that's fifteen twenty seconds every pitch. Like I don't think it's a pitch clock. I think there needs to be more on the batters to get them back in the box.
1: See, you know they have they have done that though. But the one thing that kills me, and like I don't even mind when, because like you know after you know Eric Thames, I think I talked about it at one point during a conversation similar to this, and he was like, "Well, after an ump just called." a ball a strike like i need a minute to like readjust my thinking because that kind of throws you off but the one thing that kills me is there are some and especially late inning relievers there are some and i can't have anyone come to mind right now but take actually 30 seconds to set themselves up between each pitch and then they'll shake their head and and redo the whole routine. yeah and then
0: step off yeah
1: like, what are you doing? Like, but, I get it, but, like, also, I don't. Like, let's.
0: But here's the thing. Like, I don't know. You get a ball, call a strike. You step out of the box. Just get back in. think? I don't get that. Like, just hit the ball. Step in the box. Hit the ball. I know that's, like, really old school of me, but that's the only thing that's going to bring outside fans in. And you have to show that these games are actually being sped up.
1: I would tend to disagree. I don't think you need to change the game. But I mean, we could go on and debate that for hours, but I would disagree. I don't think you need to change the speed of the game. I think there are points of the game that could be sped up. But I think if we want to, especially like, you know, you look at my generation, like they couldn't care less about baseball, how you're going to get them is loosening up the cleat rules where people can personalize their cleats. People love that. I mean, how Giannis wears a new pair of his shoes and they blow up all over Twitter, like there's. Like, you see where I'm like, I don't know. I just get frustrated where they don't let players express themselves when they clearly want to. Yeah, like Marcelo Ozuna. They're just like, no.
0: Marcelo Ozuna wears that green sleeve and everybody thinks he's like the most expressive player in the league.
1: Well, because he is. Because nobody else does anything. Because they're not allowed
0: to. Exactly.
1: Yeah, and, you know, since the uh, players and the owners are now fighting and nobody's really agreed upon anything and they're just force-feeding it, uh, just a thought for something, too, that there has to be a new collective bargaining agreement after the 2021 season, so uh, that's cool.
0: Yeah, that's that's all your wheelhouse.
1: Yeah, that's – oh, I swear. I don't think we would go on strike because after 94, I don't think anybody has any interest of doing that, but, man –
0: I don't know at this point. That yeah,
1: is God's that relationship is beyond repair at this moment.
0: Yeah. That right. just, but can we talk about what I'm actually excited about? Yeah, time? the good oh.
1: news. Yeah. I'm gonna let you take the reins on this one, yeah. buddy. You're like super passionate.
0: Yeah, so the reason why I'm so excited about this episode is cause the MLB draft just happened on like June tenth, I think it started, and the Brewers I think absolutely killed the draft this year. They got in
1: first before we get into this, sorry, I interrupted you, but this is the most I've ever seen Twitter react to an MLB draft in my entire life. Now, my life has been short, but this is the most interaction I've seen ever.
0: This might be the most I've ever interacted with the MLB draft.
1: <laughs> very true. Very true point. Okay, continue.
0: So I kind of just want to get into who we drafted and what do we grade the picks? You cool with that?
1: Sounds good to me.
0: Oh, okay. <laughs> Just making sure I mean you run the show here, so.
1: I mean, I'm kind of letting you take over, so don't screw it up.
0: So in the first round, the Brewers had the 20th overall pick and they actually went with an outfielder out of UCLA, Garrett Mitchell, which if I'm grading I this love pick, that pick. If I'm grading this pick, it's an A+++ plus. It Honestly.
1: was a fantastic pick.
0: So going into the draft, he was the sixth overall prospect. Like he was for sure expected to go into the top 10. The only reason why he fell to us is because he has been diagnosed with type one diabetes, but
1: And I don't even, I don't even think that's the full story though. Cause there is something, I recently read Rick Ann book and he was a Scott Boris guy as well. And there is like actual proof that Boris guys who are rated very high drop in the draft because they don't want to deal with Scott Boris. Cause they don't want to get completely swept. So I think there's something to say about the diabetes as well, but I think Boris plays a huge part in that as well.
0: But here's the thing. This Garrett Mitchell guy should have been a top-ten pick for sure. He, could have, he has the talent to be a top-five pick, and the Brewers were able to snag him at 20. I mean... At this moment, I just I just wrote an article about it because I'm that excited about Garrett Mitchell.
1: Yeah, I saw that this morning.
0: <laughs> but at this moment, he's a four tool player. He can hit for contact. He has like a ton of gap power. I mean, doubles, triples, whatever. He hits for contact. He's a high three hundred hitter in college. He fast. I mean, this guy is he actually has a faster sixty time than Ricky Henderson had. Um, he can field. I mean, he's a very good good instincts in center field. I mean, he's not Lorenzo Cain, but he's definitely no slouch. And he absolutely has a cannon, like, Yenis Cespedes arm.
1: Yeah, and one of you know, I as soon as I saw that we picked him, I was like, I love this pick. I go on Twitter, I'm reading through, and I'm expecting everybody to love him. But the actual idiots who sit on Twitter and we are like, we have too many outfielders. Oh. Like (laughs) – This is the MLG draft. You pick the best player available.
0: Well, and here's the problem. I mean, Lorenzo Kane, he's got I mean, he's getting older. So by the time I only expect Mitchell to be in the minors for a couple seasons. But by the time but by the time he's ready, Lorenzo Kane will be out. So we'll need a center fielder.
1: That and like the whole point, like scouts will say this all the time. With the MLB draft, you don't pick by position, you pick the best player that's available. He yeah. obviously was the best player available because he dropped to twenty when he should have been top ten to your point. So yes, you pick him up. Nobody's ever lost a World Series because they've had too much talent.
0: Well, and that's the thing. I mean and he's also like he's a four tool player right now. Like I think he could play at least as a backup center fielder in the majors right now. But that's bold. He also
1: I wouldn't go that far.
0: He's also got like very projectable size. So he has the potential and scouts have seen it to be a five to a player adding that power into his game. Like wow. a lot of people are saying that he has that 20 home run, 20 stolen base type potential in a season.
1: Wow. You really listen to old school scouts, man.
0: Well, I compare him a little bit to, I've seen comparisons to Charlie Blackman. I like that. I've seen comparisons to Tommy Pham. I like that. That's the one I saw. Yeah, so that's the one I made. And I think it, he's like the left-handed version of Tommy Pham.
1: Yeah. No, I love that pick. Like, I'm really excited to see. I mean, I don't think we'll see him play because I don't think there will be a minor league season this year. But I'm excited to see what he's able to do, um, you know, as he progresses through the minors. And to your point as well, I don't think he'll be down there for long, especially if he's, if he's as good as everyone is saying that he is, which I think he is.
0: Do you think that he tops Bryce Terrain as our number one prospect.
1: Okay, here's like – I don't – okay. I never want to say that because, one, Garrett Mitchell has never played. Like, I mean, in pro ball. Obviously, you play college. But
0: we're talking prospects. I mean
1: – Yeah, but like you haven't – I don't know. Like, I don't like – I I just don't like making that – like making that like, thought. I, I, can't think speak.
0: Terang, I think Terang is a very good player. I think he projects pretty well, but as we're just looking at the player that they can be, the potential that they have, I think Mitchell has a higher ceiling and he has a higher floor.
1: I could agree with you on that one. Like, like looking ahead at the player they're going to be. I can agree with you on that.
0: Like Terang – I could see becoming another Orlando Arcea with just a little bit more speed. But with Mitchell, I mean, you can get a Tommy Pham.
1: Yeah. And, and this All that's right.
0: not taking anything away from Bryce Terang, but...
1: No, I think, just I think talking, he's a good player.
0: We're just talking potential and what they project to be. I think Mitchell
1: is better. Yeah, I could agree with you on that statement.
0: And, you know, a lot of scouts rank our, or analysts rank our farm system pretty horribly. So, Bryce Terrain kind of, I think, benefits a little bit from how they rank our farm system.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. All right. Moving on to the second round.
0: Yeah, the second round. Oh, Zamora. I thought you were going to take the reins.
1: I'm sorry. It's instincts. It's instincts. I'm sorry. You go.
0: (laughs) So, for the second round... The Brewers drafted shortstop, you didn't say that part, shortstop Freddie Zamora, which again, grading this pick an A, love this pick.
1: Is he, now, see, I normally never even participate in anything with the draft, and this is like the first year where I've like genuinely kind of cared about who we've drafted. Is he the kid that came from Nicaragua or something and was like, grew up in Miami? Was that him?
0: I don't, I didn't look up his biography. No. <laughs> well,
1: I thought that was, okay. He's from Miami though, yeah? Yeah. Okay. Then I'm sure he's the guy.
0: <laughs> so he had a ton of pre-draft hype. And I think he fell due to like off-field issues that I honestly don't care about because they aren't red flags. What were the issues? I don't, like I said, I didn't really care about them. They They didn't resonate <laughs> with me, so they didn't stick in my head. <laughs> It wasn't anything, like, legal. It was more, you know, I don't know, injury, like, team suspension stuff.
1: Oh, dear Lord. Oh, like, that bothers me.
0: Like, he didn't show up for a workout or something.
1: that I don't care about Because oh. See, I don't care about it from, like, a talent perspective, but, like, from a personal perspective, I don't like that.
0: So, Whatever. the reason why I love Zamora is because I see him as every bit of the hitter of... Bryce Terang, per se, as like a prospect. But Zamora, from what I've been reading and seeing on my own, his instincts and ability to play the shortstop position is, it like projects to be gold glove caliber. I mean, yeah. these, these people are comparing him to right now, com- not like his ability right now, but when this player was younger, they're comparing him to Angelton Simmons. And you can't just throw that name around.
1: Yeah, that's not a, it's not a bad person to be compared with. I and, wouldn't mind it.
0: I mean, I love Andrew Tim Simmons. And I'm also ready to say, like like I said, I like Bryce Tereng. There's no problem having too much talent in the farm. But I'm ready to say that Freddie Zamora, just based on his defense alone, should be more so our shortstop of the future. Bold. Well, here's the thing. Like, I think defensively, Zamora's already better. Hitting-wise, Trang. He hasn't shown what his potential has been yet. He hasn't shown that. And, like, defensively, is he a second baseman? Is he a shortstop? I think he's more of, like, that tweener guy that can fill in, kind of like a Brock Holt or a Luis Urias type of guy. Hey, don't rip on
1: Luis Urias.
0: But this Zamora guy is a bona fide shortstop. Like, there's no way he's playing any other position.
1: Yeah, but that's what, that's what I like about Bryce Terrain and the other guys you mentioned is there's flexibility. And, you know, you can mess with them around the field depending on the pitcher of the day. Like, that's what I like.
0: Sure. No, that's what I'm saying. Like, like I, don't, I don't know. I'm not trying to knock Bryce Terrain. Like, put no. Zamora, you know, like I said, put if you have your future infielder, Luis Urias, Freddie Zamora, Keston here, or Bryce Terrain. I mean, that's exciting to think about if all these guys pan out. But defensively, I think Zamora at the most important defensive position on the field, can really be a difference maker so Unfortunately, for the second week in a row,
1: <laughs> we, bad run.
0: we are having technical difficulties um Zoom, we were using Zoom for a little while, and unfortunately, it just doesn't seem to work for us anymore, so just bear with us next week we will have this all figured out. We will try something new and we won't have to hear us on this phone call anymore.
1: Yeah. So we were just talking about we're getting into the third round of Xavier Warren, which you don't like.
0: So here's the thing with the Xavier Warren pick. They drafted him as a catcher, but I think we have two very good young catchers in the system. So why would you use that pick? For a catcher. I, I just don't see why you would pick him over, say, a pitcher or something like that.
1: But, like, also, he's not just a catcher.
0: <laughs> well, what, tell me about him. I don't
1: – Well, he played – He, from my understanding, he played most of his college career as a third baseman and shortstop. Why we drafted him as a catcher? Beyond me, but most of his college career, from my understanding, has been as a shortstop or a third baseman
0: okay how how much catching experience does he have
1: i i I'm not sure I don't know if he's ever like here's the thing with college stats, they suck, nobody gives you anything, so I don't know how many games he played at each, but I know at least he's maybe played a couple of games, but I don't know I couldn't give you an exact number,
0: okay. And I know you wrote an article about him when they drafted him, you know, just like a quick summary of who they drafted, what position, whatever. Um, What am I looking forward to with Xavier Warren? Because that's my thing. It's like with these first two picks, you know, they have this in, untapped potential that, honestly, we could really be getting some all-stars. With Xavier Warren, I guess I just don't know enough about him to get excited.
1: Yeah, so one thing that we've talked about is- previously just over text is that he's a switch hitter which I know you're you're not a big fan of which I think goes into play while you don't like this pick but I like switch hitters just in general because I think they give you a little bit more versatility depending on the pitcher also you know as we talked about before he is very much like he can play different positions on the field which is again what the brewers typically look for Um, Mm -hmm. another thing with him to note is he doesn't have much of a power swing. In 17 games this year, he only hit a home run, I believe. But what he does have is incredible line drive gap power. So probably uh, big single numbers, probably some big double numbers is what I would expect. But, you know, I, I hate using batting average. But again, this is all I get from college scouts. But, I don't have the exact numbers up, but they were definitely in the 300s, on-base percentage in the 400s. Like, he seems like a solid guy. Couldn't split it up between right-handed and left-handed from a hitting perspective, but, you know, he seems like a solid guy.
0: That's my only thing with switch hitters is I feel like almost in every case they're just so much better from one side of the plate than the other. So I would really love to see, you know, his splits for left-handed versus right-handed. Because that really yeah. shows how effective you are as a switch hitter.
1: Yeah, and I, I mean, naturally, their dominant side is going to be better than their non-dominant side. But having that ability to, you know, the Brewers like to play matchups. So having that ability where there's a right-handed pitcher up, you know, he can uh, bat left-handed if he wants. Or, like, there's just abilities there that, you know, your average hitter isn't going to be able to do.
0: All right, so moving on to our fourth-round pick, the Brewers drafted outfielder, most likely projects to be a corner outfielder out of Cincinnati, Joey Weimer.
1: I can't tell you anything about
0: him. (laughs) So I wrote about Joey. Basically what I got out of him is he is a guy who has five-tool potential, but at this point in his career, he is incredibly raw. Like, the only thing that about him that's, like, major league ready right now is his throwing arm. Um, I've heard he has a cannon. Uh, but like I said, he's so raw. He's almost that prototypical boom or bust uh, prospect.
1: Yeah, but that's not necessarily a bad thing. I mean, that's why you go through the minors is because you're not major league ready. So, I mean, definitely a project, but he has upside from what you're telling me, so I'm not angry about it.
0: No, he's super athletic, too. Like that That's honestly one of his biggest strengths is that he is one of the more athletic people in the draft. Um, he was projected as a second-round pick, early third-round pick, so getting him in the fourth round, I can't be mad about it. Um, you know, I'd grade this pick maybe like a C-plus, B-minus type of thing because just that, that boomer bust, I don't think he really – he's not that kind of prospect that's going to make our farm system – you know, be, go from last place in the league to even 25th. He's just kind of – just another guy that's going to be in the system. He might crack top 30 within the next two years, though.
1: But, like, why do you care about where a farm system is? Like, this is the point – obviously, you need a good farm system because if you want to be sustainable, you need good players coming through your system. But why – like, I don't understand why people are so fed up with how we're rated and how many guys are in the top 100 Like. If we're good for years in a row, obviously we're doing something right. Like I just don't get—I don't know—I just don't get that whole argument. I think yeah, well,
0: well, I mean, I'm not super into the prospect rankings because, frankly, you know, you say know. we have—well, say we have Bryce Tarrang. Say next year, you know, Garrett Mitchell hits, Joey Weimer hits, Freddie Zamora hits—they can go from 30th to fifth in you know just over one summer. So it's not really like a definitive thing to me. It's not like the all end all be all. Um but you know, Weimer is just one of those guys that it doesn't hurt drafting him fourth round. So I'm not upset with the pick. Um the Brewers fifth round pick, I don't know if you know much about him. I don't. They got don't middle know. in they got middle infielder Hayden Cantrell, who they drafted him with the hundred and fifty first overall pick. Um According to MLB Pipeline, he was the 118th-ranked prospect. So, I mean, we did get what it looks like good value for where we picked him in the draft.
1: Can't be mad about that.
0: Yeah, basically what I saw with him is he is a really fast uh, contact hitter, kind of along the lines of what the Brewers kind of do with, you know, middle infielders that can play multiple positions. He's just another guy like that.
1: Perfect. I
0: love those guys. Um, After the draft, you know, the draft was obviously cut way short due to what's going on in the world right now. But they did just recently sign two undrafted free agents, one being T.J. Shook. He's a big right-handed relief pitcher, kind of a strikeout guy. You know, his body projects well, and that's kind of all I got on him. Um, Just another arm to add into the minor leagues, and then they also signed Drew Smith, who, looking at what pro- or analysts have been saying about him, he kind of projects at best to be like a backup second baseman. But, I mean, there's always need for that on a team.
1: Yeah, and, like, you know, with these undrafted free agents, like, it's not really hurting you to sign these guys. And, you know, you obviously see something in them that makes you want to sign them over others. So. You know, it's like, why not? It's like, maybe they have upside. And, like, even, too, if Drew Smith makes the major leagues as a backup second baseman, that's pretty damn good value for what you got him for.
0: Oh, yeah, exactly. With Drew Smith, what I was reading is if the draft was to be longer than five rounds, he was a top ten-round pick. Like, he projected to be within eight to ten. So, we got good value out of an undrafted guy, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, I can't be mad about that. And I think overall with the draft, I don't know how many high school players were drafted overall, but one thing to do note about the Brewers is I'm glad they did sign their drafts. They haven't signed them yet. All college guys. I always like that. I think, you know, there's some growing up. You grow into your body. You're fundamentally, like, you can see more projection on them. So I overall like that. And honestly, to give the Brewers an overall rating on the draft, I... Like, I got to give them an A, minus Like, they, I think they really killed it.
0: Yeah, yeah. I'm right along with that with the A-minus. I think, you know, getting Garrett Mitchell at the 20th pick was a steal, absolute steal. And I think Freddie Zamora is also going to be a really good player. So just from those two alone, I'm giving them an A-minus. Uh, going back to what you said about getting college guys, I just like that a little bit more because, you know, you draft an 18-year-old. You have gotta wait five years to see what they pretty much project to be at the MLB level. With these college guys, you can kind of already see that they have tools to be in the pros, if that makes sense.
1: Oh yeah, and that exactly like. That's and you don't have I'm to, saying.
0: and you don't have to wait as long to see what they're gonna to bring to the table.
1: Exactly, and also too, like if you look at a guy like Mitchell, you know he's obviously very good, and you know I don't know if he'll be as fast as Captain Hero was, but. Keston Hira was the same type of guy where he was a college guy, and he came through the Brewers minor league system in two years. So you, you're you seeing these players in major league action, if they do make it, a hell of a lot quicker than, to your point, when they are 18 and you really don't know how they're going to pan out.
0: Yeah, I almost wanted to compare Garrett Mitchell to Keston Hira as a hitter, but I think in college, I think Keston hit for a lot of power.
1: He hit, like, um, over 400, I think.
0: Yeah, was, I mean like,
1: – Stupid, crazy in college.
0: So the thing with Mitchell is right now he lacks a little bit of power, but a lot of people are saying he can still hit 20 home runs a season, which you won't see me complaining about. Uh, he gets on base at an incredibly high rate, shows an advanced approach at the plate. And some of those things you just can't teach.
1: Exactly. No doubt about that. So moving on to our last little segment of the podcast. Um, last night, which was Sunday night, it was the ESPN 30 for 30 that I believe was called The Last Summer, if I am correct.
0: No, I think I it was long, not, long long, Gone long Summer.
1: Something like that. I did not watch it, mostly because I'm not a big documentary kid. I think high school kind of ruined that for me. But I absolutely, I heard over Twitter that people really did not like it.
0: Yeah. I mean, I didn't watch it yet, but I probably still will. I heard a lot of people didn't like it because the whole episode – you know, it was about Sammy Sosa and Mark McGuire and their home run battle in 1998. But the whole episode, it was like two hours. And for an hour, 45 minutes, they didn't even touch on steroids.
1: So yeah, like, were you reading KFC's tweet?
0: No, I heard uh, Big Cat was talking about it.
1: Okay, yeah, I was reading a lot of KFC this morning. and He was just fed up over it. <laughs> he was so mad about it.
0: But here's the thing, like, you, the way you should have did it is, you talk about how great it was, but you need to keep throwing that in, like this is what was going on at the time. But you also can't tell me that when these guys are hitting sixty home runs, seventy home, runs, you can't tell me that the MLB didn't know these guys were juicing.
1: Oh, there's no doubt about it. I read Bud Selig's book, and he talks about it. He goes, "I knew what they were doing, but they couldn't do anything about it because the MLBPA refused to test guys until like 2003."
0: And here's my thing, because. Obviously, when we start talking about steroids, talk about Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa, like, Ari Bonds, should these guys be in the hall? And my answer here is they should be. Obviously, nobody's going to forget that they did steroids. What they did for baseball at a time, you know, from the late 90s through the 2000s, I mean, they carried the game of baseball. Baseball wouldn't be where it is today without those guys. Um, yeah, I think some, you bring up- some could argue the most popular baseball has ever been was during those times. Um, I'm not saying bring steroids back, but there is a place in history for that time period. And what those guys did, and I and I brought it up before, is I could take steroids, you know, get really strong, you know, never get hurt, but I still couldn't hit a hundred mile an hour fastball.
1: And I think you brought up a good point. And, like, when you do look at, you know, baseball's history, especially in recent history, you know, the 90s were rough on baseball. I mean, after the 94 strike, like, we were in a bad spot. Like, we think we're in a bad spot with baseball right now. Times that by, like, 20, then that's what you had in the years following 1994. So you do bring up a good point that that did bring a lot of attention to the game of baseball that wasn't there before. And I know you mentioned earlier in the episode about, you know, Barry Bond being a Hall of Famer. And honestly, I'm still kind of on the fringe about it, but I used to be like, no way, you know, like he took steroids. A lot of his numbers, and that's a fact. A lot of his numbers are false. Like they're changed because of that. They're exacerbated because of it. But I think Jared Kravitz tweeted about it, and he was like, look, Baseball's hall of fame is supposed to be representing, you know, the best players in different eras of baseball and the steroid era was a part of baseball's history. So it kind of makes sense for, I don't know. And also too, one thing that I know Brewer fans know a lot about that I've heard it before too is bond. You know, obviously Christian Alex came out a couple of weeks ago and talked about, you know, when he was a hitting coach in Miami and how much he helped him, you know, almost change his swing and change how he approaches the bat. And what I've heard about Barry Bonds is, like, he understood everything about the game of baseball. Like, he hit a home run into left center field. And you knew, and he could tell you, what is that?
0: I don't know. What are you talking about?
1: It was like a crinkly noise.
0: Oh, might be just the mic rubbing on my shirt.
1: Okay. But anyway, if Bon could hit a home run in the left center field and he could tell you exactly why he hit it and like tell you each detail of why it spun the way it did. So I do have a lot of respect from that aspect. I'll never fully respect him because of the steroids. But I mean, I can respect
0: him just for the fact that you could not throw to that guy.
1: Yeah. You are very accurate.
0: You couldn't even put the ball close to the plate or Bonds was hitting it somewhere far. And I was a little bit young to live through that era, but I can't honest I cannot honestly say that if I watched baseball during that time, I would not have loved it. Even though I knew what was going on, I would love to watch it. Yeah. No, I mean, there are
1: It was definitely a time for baseball that I don't think anybody in the near future will forget about because it was very—I mean, it was very huge. I mean, yeah, you had the home run race. You had Barry Bonds, who was practically automatically walked every time he walked out of the uh dugout. So I mean, it's a time of baseball to remember. But I think you know, going back to the thirty for thirty, they did kind of completely botch it by not even mentioning the whole steroid issue until, like, one hour and 45 minutes into it. And I think Brett Anderson tweeted, too. He was like, do they know that they were juicing? Like, <laughs> he's like, right. do they know about that, or are they completely ignoring the fact?
0: And then they kind of just glossed over it. Yeah. But I get it. I mean, they wanted to shed light on how fun the 1998 season was and then kind of just throw in that bad stuff at the end. But it is such a big part of the story of baseball. And here's the thing: you put those guys in the hall, it doesn't taint the Hall of Fame. It just those players will always be remembered for that. It's just I don't know. I you couldn't tell me like if a guy juiced now, I don't think he could put up Barry Bonds' numbers.
1: No, and I agree with you because I think you know, looking like I was saying before, you know, you still have to have a sense of skill, you know, just because. You know, just because you're juicing, like you said, it doesn't mean you can still hit a 100-mile-an-hour fastball. Like, Barry Bonds definitely did have the skills where he pretty much could hit anything, and without steroids, you know, they probably wouldn't have gone out of the park as much as they did, but, you know, you still got to respect some of the talent that he did have. Well,
0: and here's the thing that I think is a pretty big misconception about steroids is sometimes, like, in the case of Ryan Braun, it didn't make him stronger or be able to hit the ball farther. I think the reason why Braun did it was it helps you not get injured. Like you recover. Basically you'll play a game or you can play a doubleheader. The next day you won't even know that you played because your body feels fine. And I think yeah, that's I, what plays. I think that plays more of a factor than just the strength aspect.
1: Yeah. And you're completely right about Ryan Braun. I believe it was in bagging left thumb injury. And, you know, he wanted to get back out on the field. So, that was able to you know have them recover quicker and you could and you could very well argue without that in 2011 we would have never made the playoffs so it's a very fair argument that without Ryan Bond doing that as wrong as it was and I'll be the first person to say it but you know
0: but I mean 2011 was fun <laughs> yeah that's the thing yeah so i don't know that's all i got on that I don't know if you got anything else for the day.
1: No, I'm pretty much I feel like we covered everything. We covered a lot today.
0: Yeah, that's I think nice. we did. I think we did good with me driving the train. I don't know.
1: Uh, I still. I don't know. <laughs>
0: you don't want to, you don't want to hand the keys over just yet.
1: No, I I still like having the the plays in my corner. What's that? The
0: the balls in my court.
1: Yep, that's the one I was trying to get to.
0: Yeah, that was horrible. You weren't even close.
1: No, I was really... Yikes. All right, well...
0: Again, we apologize for the audio. Happened again, you know, internet connection. Things happen next week. I promise to the listeners that this issue will be fixed.
1: No doubt about that. And also, thank you guys so much for listening. Make sure you go check us out on Instagram and Twitter. We're pretty active on Twitter, I'd like to think. Um... Yeah, make sure you like the podcast, rate it, you know, comment, do all the things. I don't know what you can do, but, you know, make sure you're rating us five stars. Ryan, do you have any last words to say?
0: Yeah, just give us the rate. I mean, it just looks so much better. It shoots us up on the iTunes chart, and, you know, our goal is just to be the biggest brewer podcast that is obtainable for fans. And, you know, with the rates, the shares, the subscriptions, that all helps.
1: No doubt. So I guess we'll catch you all next. Have a good one.